Korach um, finds his way there too. And the Mishnah tells us, any argument that's for the sake of heaven, so it will have, it'll find a permanence. But if it's not for the sake of heaven, it's not for altruistic reasons, it will not uh, perpetuate, it will die. What is an example of an argument for the sake of heaven? This is the arguments between Hillel and Shammai. And not for the sake of heaven. This is the Machlokes of Korach and all of his cohorts, all of his compatriots. So there are two questions that you could ask on the Mishnah. We touched a little bit last week, but there are two questions that you could ask on the Mishnah. One is that the obvious one is that the, if Hillel is the sparring partner of Shammai in terms of Machlokes, so then the sparring partner of Korach should be Moshe. Why does it say Korach v'chol adasol, Korach and all of his compatriots, right? That's not the machloket. The, the, the two people arguing should be Moshe and Korach. A second question on the Mishnah is the beginning of the Mishnah says that a machloket for the sake of heaven will continue to exist. But, but why are we saying that? It isn't machloket bad, right? You don't want argument. Sometimes you have it, but you got to settle it, right? You got to settle the machloket. So why is it telling us, why, why is it saying that the, the machloket will continue, will perpetuate? It would seem to be that the better choice should be that it should be, it should die and, uh, you know, it should or resolve itself. Let's end that word, die. It should resolve itself. There should be the agreement should perpetuate, not the, not the machlokas. So, the answer to this lies in understanding of our view of what is, is machloket good or is it bad? Is disagreement good or is it bad? What do we desire? What is the the ultimate desire. So the answer is that it really, right, the whole process of, of coming to truth, the way Hashem designed the system was a, there are two different paths of truth that could, become, that could come to the surface. There's the prophetic truth and then there is what we would call the rabbinic truth. Okay, and by those two words I mean, prophetic is where it's coming from heaven down. Rabbinic is where it's coming, it's, a, it's coming from here up. Prophetic, you cannot have a machloket in prophecy because God is talking to man. So God is telling man, through Moshe or through any of the prophets, he's telling us directly what he's saying. There cannot be a machloket. Once Hashem gave the Torah, 
what, how are you supposed to, the Torah itself is an, it's a living body. It's an Eitz Chaim, Torah's Chaim, and it's supposed to evolve. The Torah is supposed to evolve to answer all questions that come up throughout the millennium. And Hashem gave us the tools, either the 13 hermeneutical principles that Saramita Chatar and addresses for him, which we say in the morning, we have no idea what we're talking about. Right, those things that you say in order to say Rabbanan Kaddish. You have no idea, none of us have any idea what it's talking about. Maybe one time we'll talk about it. Right, but but those are the 13. Right, but those are, those are 13 examples of how you darsh in the Torah. But there are myriad others. Right, and there, but how do we come to a position? Well, we argue. Right, you go into the base medrash. Right, you go into now with COVID, it's less so. Right, uh, you hear people arguing with their computers. But in a normal circumstance, right, you go into a base medrash, you can't hear yourself, you lose your voice. Right, you try to yell to your chabusi sitting only inches away, but you got to yell because there's, there's hundreds of people in the room. What are they all doing? They're all arguing. They're all machloket. But it's a machloket for what? What is machloket l'shem shemayim? Does it mean machloket l'shem shemayim means a machloket to get to emit, to get to the truth? They want if your if your ego is not present, then you can come to the truth, and that's what it's all about. Emit. It's all about coming, and therefore, how do you distill? You argue back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth, till you come to a position. Sometimes you have a standstill, but each position has merits. And sometimes you want the machloket because sometimes there are kernels and ideas in each position depending upon the circumstance. And that's how all halacha works. All law works like that. So you need, it's so full is kayim. When do we want to erase machloket? Only when it's not for the sake of heaven, when it's not for the sake of truth. Right? Our goal is not to have uniformity, but the goal is to have unity. You can have a, the right to agree. My father, Olav Shalom, used to say, right, the right to agree gives you the right to disagree. But the right to disagree doesn't give you the right to be disrespectful. Right, the idea is, is you can live, but Judaism can live with more than one view. Right? The Torah is sometimes is specifically written with enough ambiguity to allow a dichotomy. That's Tashem's Rotson. But it comes with a condition. Right? It has to be emit. It has to be that the parties are desiring emit. And therefore, so will the sky. And that's why it uses an example of specifically of Hillel and Shammai. Why those two? You could have brought, they could have brought countless examples. Every generation had Machloket. Why those two? So it says specifically in those two families, they had certain characteristics. But one of was is that they had certain Machloket that touched upon, I mentioned last week, that touched upon who you could and can't marry. Right? So therefore, is there a disagreement? They held this person was a mamzer, it wasn't a mamzer, this person was legitimate, it was illegitimate. And therefore, what did they do? They would have records and they would say, this family you can't marry inside of our camp, but they marry the rest of the family. Because it wasn't personal. It was ahava. It was unity. So, okay, the differences of opinion, the difference of opinion. We could survive differences of opinion. That's what it tells you. How do you know Right, which is a machloket, right? When it is and when it's not. So it's interesting, right? So the Korach and Adato, it wasn't against Moshe because Moshe was what well, he. They weren't talking the same language. 
They weren't talking the same language. They were talking a language of self-interest. Each one for their own. If you have four parties, you had, you had Korach, Dasan and Aviram, Om Ben Peles, and the 250. Each one had their own, their own gripe. Each one of them had their own agenda. And one of the Rebbes says, that's what it says, How do you know it's not L'Shem Shemayim? When you have a machloket in the ba'alei machloket, if there's an argument in one of the ar- if there's an argument in the argument, meaning they're all for their own selfish reasons, that's not in it. You know already you could see through it, right? That there's something flawed here. They're only doing it for their own selfish interest. So again, a telltale sign. But it, but our goal is not to have no arguments. Right? And that's true in marriage. You can have disagreements, but we all have to approach it. Reasonable people can have differences of opinion. But it's when it becomes, we bring in the bias, we bring in the personal or the attacks and all of that, that's when it becomes deadly in our personal life, and that's when it becomes false when it comes to Torah. <laughs> Thank you.